This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. We're still on hiatus while we rethink the podcast. And like I did last week, we want to thank you for your patience. We'll have something very, very soon, okay? In the meantime, we're diving back into the archives. And this time, our newest intern, Vita Dadu, spent some time digging around and came up with the theme for this week's show, Spain. And we're going to go back to 2017, 2014, and even 2011, a year after we started. That's how long we have been covering music from Spain on Alt Latino. And of course, talking about Spain here in the air quotes, new world, can be complicated, as they say. But we are not afraid of complicated conversations here on Alt Latino. So make sure your earbuds are charged as we go back over some of our coverage of music from Spain. Okay, Vita, take it away. A question that I've asked myself several times in the last few years is whether Spanish music is Latin music and whether we should think about them in similar ways. And these are questions that Alt Latino and the Latin music community have wrestled with in recent years. Questions of identity, history, and musical traditions come to mind when discussing how Spain shapes the Latino music scene. But for decades, music from Latin America and Spain have existed in similar spaces. They have drawn from each other for influence and have been celebrated and recognized in conjunction. In its own 12-year history, Alt Latino has featured musicians from Spain several times. And today, we will look back on some of those moments, starting with a little history. In this episode from 2014, Felix Contreras and Jasmine Garst discussed the transgressive sounds that emerged during Francisco Franco's 36-year rule over Spain. And they also look into the music that was made after, the kind of music that shook the country and then the entire Spanish-speaking world. Take a listen as we learn about the artists that through music found freedom in the tin roof of repression and the analogs they found in their Latin American counterparts. We're going to take a short trip back in time to Spain in the 1960s to hear how that country absorbed musical influences from other parts of the world during a time when there were tight restrictions on what kind of music was played and heard in that country. And we're going to start it out with this way cool mix of jazz and the Spanish song form known as copla. It's called Mi Andaluz. It's by Silvia y los Caminantes. Check out this sound. The background vocals. Yeah, it's definitely a doo-wop influence for sure. Andaluz, 
bajo el sol de Andalucía la sublime poesía de tu risa y de tu cante Andaluz de la cara bronceada que me ves enamorada buscando tanto tu corazón Andaluz gloria y pena de mi vida tú serás mi cariño y mi pasión Andaluz que la tienes medio loca de soñar con tu vida fascinante de sentir that jazzy blues break in the middle is part of a uh, reflection of how that music was very slowly seeping in yeah definitely coming in from all from every angle from and I think it's part. just really important you know to emphasize to listeners that even like that little tiny bit of, of musical influence was pretty revolutionary in that era because you know Franquismo you know the whole uh, rule of Franco it really mobilized and and supported the masses with popular music like Copla. Uh, in fact, I, I was reading this article uh, recently that called Copla the soundtrack to Franquismo. And it's not unlike what other dictatorships have done. You know, you move the masses with a very folkloric, very nationalistic, very popular form of music. So even to incorporate like a little bit of, of jazz or a little bit of blues or a little bit of rock was, you know, eyebrow raising. Okay, now we're going to move to the post-Franco years when uh, there was an explosion of artistic expression and music and visual arts and, and writing after these decades of living under a dictatorship. I'm going to play a track for you by the uh, artist who goes by the name of Martirio. And uh, it reflects back on the influence of the copla in her music. And in particular, I liked the way it sounded with Mi Andaluz. Uh, this is called Dicen, and this is from Martirio. Como diamante, 
brilla una luz extraña de oscuridad y se brilla todas horas cuenta, canta y mire usted que esta blanca doña Aurora lo mismito que el papá dicen que llora y llora por su Martirio because I think like so many artists you can really trace this political evolution and devolvement of Spain. I did an interview with her in 2007 and that's when I discovered that uh, Martirio is actually a character. She's not a real person. The person behind the character, her name is Isabel Quinones Gutierrez who is a performance artist who did play in the rock bands, who did sing copla, who did all that stuff She incorporated all these things that she learned as she was growing up in the post-Franco era and incorporated it into this character, Martirio. And for people who don't know, you know, she dresses in these elaborate flamenco-style dresses. Um, she has these uh, flamenco hair combs that puffs her hair up, very elaborate, and she's always wearing dark sunglasses. She said she created Martirio to inspire Spaniards to explore their own personal and artistic freedoms after Franco's death. The period in Spain after Franco's death and like the early 80s and La Movida Madrileña with Pedro Almodóvar and it was just uh, just fascinating. I mean, it's I think every country in Latin America went through a similar period after these really brutal dictatorships in which it's almost like 
you're a teenager and all of a sudden you're like 19 or 20 and you have rights. I mean, you can go out, you can do whatever you want and you go a little bit crazy with that creative energy and that freedom. And what comes out is pretty interesting. Another thing that happened there in Spain, uh, and as we wrap up this little mini segment on Spain and artistic expression, as the jazz also started to become influenced by flamenco and flamenco influenced by jazz. And I, and I have another compilation again from Vampisol. There was a tenor player, tenor saxophone player named Pedro Ituralde from in Spain who recorded some very, very influential and very important uh, tracks in the late 1960s. And this track is uh, called Soleares, which is a form of flamenco. It's with just the tenor saxophone and a guitar uh, recorded in 1967. The guitarist um, was listed on the album as Paco de Algeciras, who was really Paco de Lucia. That is so brilliant how the saxophone is kind of emulating the flamenco vocal. Pedro Ituralde was uh, an underrated unsung hero of the Spanish uh, music scene in the 1960s. These recordings in particular are so important to show his influence and just how far ahead he was thinking. As Felix mentions, Pedro Iturralde's music had a massive impact on flamenco and all of the other genres it ended up mingling with. But flamenco found a unique friend in jazz, these being two genres that emerged from histories of persecution, repression, and marginalization. So let's listen to Felix's interview with Antonio Lizana, a flamenco jazz musician himself, from 2017, on the histories and sounds that inspired him. Déjate sentir, from Antonio Lizana, 
who is our guest DJ today. E, Antonio, so we want to start talking about uh, your uh, exposure to flamenco. What part of Spain are you from, and how were you introduced to flamenco? So I'm from, from Cadiz. The, it's in the south of Andalusia, close to, close to Africa, to Morocco. El, uh, the flamenco music borns the, there, sí. in, in between Cádiz, Sevilla. This is the place where the, the flamenco is stronger. And I, I was hearing flamenco since I was a child. My, my father uh, hears a, a lot of flamenco in my family. And I, I started play, playing saxophone in flamenco groups. At the same time that I was studying classical music. But I started playing flamenco when I was 14, maybe. In, in, no hay un papel uh, tradicional para el saxofón en el flamenco, ¿no? No. Uh, ¿Cómo es llegaste a tocar el saxofón en flamenco? How did you start to play saxophone, of all things, in flamenco music? Lo que yo, a mí el saxofón me gustaba desde niño. No sé por qué, creo que porque lo había escuchado en algunos grupos así de, de, de rock progresivo, había escuchado algo de jazz. A mí me llamó la atención el, el, el saxofón y la cuestión fue que en mi entorno mis amigos tenían un grupo de flamenco y entonces yo quería participar. Entonces lo que hacía era que copiaba las melodías de los cantantes y de los guitarristas. Uh -huh. Uh, so you copied the sound of the guitar and, and the, of the singer uh, yeah. on your saxophone. Yeah. Pero the, the, there was already uh, somebody very famous who has, was mixing a little bit of flamenco and jazz, Jorge Pardo. Yeah. Right? He is the most well-known name in Spain, well, around the world, really, for mixing flamenco and jazz. Was he influenced for you? Sure. Uh, when I was 14... Uh, 15 in this year I heard a lot the the Paco de Lucia the Paco de Lucia sextet sí. and Jorge Pardo was playing in this group and I studied these CDs and I play with Jorge with Paco I I know all the melodies from this from these years I I studied with Jorge Pardo before that I started playing jazz huh hmm. So the, it, so the the mixture of the flamenco and the jazz is part of your your identity. Yeah. De la identidad, de, mm -hmm. de la mezcla. Let's hear some more music. Una de las cosas que me impresionó tanto es su manera de cantar en un estilo tradicional de flamenco. Mientras estás tocando el alto saxofone, casi como Charlie Parker. Okay? Y pues... The song you brought in is from maybe the greatest flamenco singer of all time. Mm. Eh, Camarón de la Isla, maybe he was the, the, the first or the, el más conocido ¿no? mundialmente cantador flamenco. Uh, he's from, from, my, from my town. He's friend of my father. Uh, I know him when I was a child. Estoy muy influenciado por él. Fue el primer cantador que yo conocí. Wow, sí. un amigo de tu papá. Sí, sí, sí. Wow. sí. ¿Cómo se llama esta canción? 
eh, he traído una canción de él que se llama Vidire. Hay una surda mañana temprano y una The unmistakable sound of Camarón de la Isla, right? <laughs> Goosebumps in the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Every time I hear to him, pelos de punta. ¿Qué, qué tenía? ¿Qué era que, que en su estilo, su voz, su, 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 su presencia, that gave it such a, a, a tremendous power and emotion? What was it for you? for Camarón? He, he had a, a very special instrument, you know. He, his voice is not, is not common, you, you know. And he was lucky too because he, f he found to, with, with Paco de Lucia and in, in, his, in his first CDs, they are playing together and... Uh, ellos inventaron una nueva manera de hacer el flamenco, ¿sabes? They created a new way to play flamenco. That's right. Mm -hmm. They were like rock stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And th there were festivals in Spain in the 70s where there we there were playing uh, Camel, Pink Floyd, and Camarón de la Isla. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the in the same like in the same stage with rock bands. And yeah, 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 with rock bands in in Spain. Wow, yeah. no, they were they were quite impressive, the mm -hmm. two of them together. And what a great what a great combination with Jorge Pardo también. Yeah, Jorge Pardo was playing in this song that we with heard before in the flute. In the flute, yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, what we hear when we hear flamenco singing. Okay. Porque nos escucha, se suena con, con influencias de, de África, de los moros, de, de India, de cual, muchas partes. Mm -hmm. ¿Qué es la, 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 la canta flamenco? How would you describe it? El cante flamenco surge en un momento en, en el que en España convivían muchas culturas diferentes. Fue la llegada de los gitanos a, a España y en aquel momento estaba allí Al-Ándalus y, y la cultura musulmana era la predominante, pero también había judíos que vivían en, en, en perfecta armonía y también había cristianos. Entonces, claro, eh, es una música gitana, porque después los que la han conservado hasta hoy día han sido los gitanos, pero claro, los gitanos del resto del mundo no la hacen. La hacen los gitanos que llegaron a España porque se encontraron allí con una música que estaba asentada de carácter árabe, también la música sefardí, que es la de los judíos. En fin, el flamenco, hay quien dice que, que surgió en la época en la que se expulsó a los árabes, se expulsaron a los judíos, se expulsó a todo el mundo en la, recon la llamada reconquista de, 
de España que curiosamente coincide con el descubrimiento o la invasión de América, sí. dependiendo, y coincide en la misma época. Entonces, todos los que no eran deseados en España, todos los que huían, huían juntos. Y huían juntos gitanos, judíos y musulmanes. Huían. O sea, se, se escondían en pueblos de la montaña, en, en sitios donde no los pudieran encontrar. Entonces, este canto de huida, de sufrimiento, de sentirte apátrida, esto es el cantejondo. Aquí nace el flamenco, en este dolor de, de que te han quitado tu casa. ¿Sabes? And um, one time I did an interview with Chano Dominguez. He, uh, he said that that's what jazz and flamenco have in common. Is porque jazz comes from the blues. Yeah. And the blues was a recognition of, uh, in an expression of people who were suffering in the South and became a way of life. And it's also, when you mix that kind of suffering from the South of the United States and then the South of Spain, you guys are doing this, like you're bringing everything back together again. Yeah, yeah, you can feel that it's the, it's the same feeling. The it's, it's, same. Not, it's not superficial, it's very deep. Flamenco is a genre that almost feels metonymic to Spain and its history. But there's another genre that is also pretty synonymous to Spain and the Spanish-speaking world. And this genre is rock and roll. So let me set the scene. In the 1980s and the 1990s, a record label called BMG Ariola created a big campaign called Rock en tu idioma, or translated into Rock in Your Language. This marketing campaign was geared towards celebrating rock music from Spain, Argentina, and Mexico, but it ultimately became a cultural force. Suddenly, many rock bands from Spain and Latin America were heard across the entire Spanish-language universe. What was the result? A generation of transnational Spanish-speaking rock fans whose presence reverberates to this day. So let's listen as Felix and Jasmine talk about rock and roll, heavy metal in particular, and Basque culture in this episode from 2011. Metal is very popular throughout Latin America, as you know. Oh, absolutely. And in Spain, as we've heard. So for me, that puts these guys within the umbrella of what we consider Latin alternative. Well, you must be in a really heavy metal mood. This band put me in the mood and it made me think back, like I said, to my junior high Black Sabbath days for the classic jam of the week. I'm going back to the 80s with a band called Ángeles del Infierno. Angels from hell.
I just never know which Felix is gonna come to work. Is it gonna be Techno Felix? Is it gonna be DJ Felix? Banda Felix? Banda Mariachi Felix? You just I don't know. I just love all kinds of music. This is the band Angeles del Infierno. Devil's Angels. Devil's Angels. This is from their album from 1984, Pacto con el Diablo. Pacto with the devil. Pacto with the devil. <laughs> Maldita sea tu nombre. Goddamn be your name. Yes. Cursed be Cursed your name. Cursed be your name. It's a classic example of that whole genre. The falsetto, the heavy metal stuff underneath, really crunchy guitar work, yeah. the driving drums. You know, these drummers and these bands are worth their weight in gold because they keep that pulse going, you know? Man, this reminds me of the Argentine band Rata Blanca. You know, Have you heard them? Uh, like that falsetto? Well, that's the genre. That's the style. When you listen to all these other bands, you know, all the bands of either from Australia, the United States, or England, you know, that singing falsetto, it's prized. This what band, is it about a man who can sing in such a high-pitched voice well, that I, is so masculine? You know, when you see videos on television or on YouTube and you see these concerts, they're almost all guys out in the audience. You know, it's a very... <laughs> to talk, it's a very really? oh yeah, it's a very male-driven man. It brings something out, you know. I know you look. a lot of Latinas who are way into heavy metal. In the early '90s, uh, I was selling CDs and cassettes through a mail order pre-internet. We couldn't keep this band, Angeles del Infierno, we couldn't keep them on the shelves because they were heavy metal, this really musica pesada yeah. was just so popular. And anywhere we went, you know, we, we did shows. We did. Uh, they had black T-shirts. They had the hair. And this band, like I said, was so popular. And you listen to it, you know, you put them in English, they could be from anywhere. This is Basque. My great-great-grandmother was Basque. Really? Yes, from the same town as this band. You're kidding. Yeah. That's and, awesome. Um, so they came right before uh, this movement called Rock Radical Vasco, or Radical Basque Rock, which was in the mid-'80s. And it took a lot from uh, Ramones, sorry, Ramones, <laughs> uh, The Clash, Sex Pistols, and very anti-establishment. Initially, they started singing in Castilian, which is what you and I speak. But then they also started uh, singing in Euskera, in, um, in the Basque language. Yeah. And um, Which has a lot of consonants, and it's kind, of, it's kind of made, I think, made for heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> but I, my, actually, my grandmother used to tell a story about how, speaking of pacts with the devil, uh, that her grandmother had told her that the devil came down to earth and he learned every single language so he could trick all human beings, but he couldn't learn Basque. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> so the devil can't get the Basques. As we've heard, music from Spain draws from a large trove of influences. Some of these are tied to music, from traditionally Latin sounds, American jazz, to heavy metal, while some are tied to sentiments and histories. Ultimately, music and artists from Spain occupy an interesting place in the Latin American imagination. There's a question of shared language, sure, but also histories of conquests and colonization, and more recently, discussions around appropriation. It is difficult to divorce Spain from pop cultural memory in the Latino community. Growing up in Mexico, I realized that Spanish music is tied to my own musical memory, Spanish bands like Nacha Pop, La Oreja de Van Gogh, or La Quinta Estación were central to my upbringing. Or my mom playing Mecano on loop. More recently, artists like Rosalia and Setangana are bending and blending genres that hail from Latin America to produce chart-topping hits. So, is Spanish music Latin music? Is it important to make this distinction? I'll leave these questions with you. 
Alt Latino is a production of NPR Music. My name is Vita Dalu, and I produce this week's episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week for another dive into the Alt Latino archives. Stay safe, be cool, hasta la próxima. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message is brought to you by NPR sponsor, Lisa, in collaboration with West Elm. Discover the new natural hybrid mattress, expertly crafted from natural latex and certified safe foams, designed with your health and the planet in mind. Visit leesa.com to learn more. On Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing. Like, not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll never stop. Dressing my body. That's all part of the new game show Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.